Jack reached the edge of the pool, knelt and looked among the rocks. There, a pale spider, its legs arched, moved along the water's edge. A centipede rippled over a stone, waving its antennae. The strong light from the helmet lamp did not disturb them. There was no reflection of light in the eyes of the spider. Jack caught his breath. A thrill of excitement ran through him. Johannes had been right. Here was not one new species, but several separately evolved to survive in this remote, lightless environment. Fame was certain. He had only to investigate and describe what was here. Perhaps he might name one of the creatures Thalbergii. How about this centipede? His head moved to follow its movement and the beam of the torch caught the outline of something that did not belong there. Jack moved over to investigate. It was a rust-filigreed disc. Jack picked it up and looked at it closely, turning it over in his fingers. Might it be a belt buckle? The damage was too extensive to make out a design or lettering. He brushed at the ground and found a number of buttons in the dirt. Could they be all that remained of a uniform? Had Johannes come back after all? His mind buzzing, he began to unpack his rucksack. Wetsuit, mask, air bottle and underwater video camera. He dressed quickly, tied one end of a cord to his waist and secured its reel to an outcrop. The water was warm and smelled faintly of sulphur. Jack spat into his mask, rinsed it and pulled it over his face. A final check of equipment, then he clenched the mouthpiece in his teeth and submerged. He circled below the surface, following the beam of the powerful light attached to the video camera. The shadow of a possible exit appeared and he headed towards it. Kicking vigorously, he entered the passage, unreeling the cord behind him. After a while, the opening constricted and he arrowed his body, holding the camera in front of him. He emerged into a bell, a chamber partly filled with water, and rose to the surface. A thick jelly-like scum covered his mask and he panicked for a moment before recalling his training and reverted to breathing evenly. He cleared the scum from the glass and examined his gauntleted hand. A flatworm spiralled languidly away from the lump in his palm. Jack's brain began to race. Warm water, sulphur, jelly, bingo. The jelly was a mass of microbes feeding off the minerals in the water. The invertebrates fed on it and on each other, forming an isolated ecosystem deep in the earth. This was it. This was the secret. He fumbled for a sample jar in the bell at his waist and scooped a quantity of the scum into it. He briefly felt sorry for Johannes, destroyed by the war before he could experience the full extent of his discovery. Then the desire to find out more took over. Ducking once again below the surface, he swam on in search of the heat source. There was a tug at his waist. The cord was taut. Damn! 200 metres of cord had run out. He checked the gauge on his breathing tube. Over half his air had gone. 
Fool. He should have taken more care. There was no excuse for being carried away. There was another bottle in his pack, but only one because of the weight. No option. He had to go back. He turned and began to kick hard, running his hands along the cord. He went through the bell without stopping, back to the narrowest part of the passage. He laid his arms ahead of him and sculled with his feet. He felt rather than heard the clang of the air bottle on the rock. Forward motion ceased. He fastened the camera to the cord and paddled backwards with his hands. No movement. He bent his elbows as far back as he could and tried to lever himself back with his fingers. For a moment he thought he was free, but only for a moment. He tried to twist, turn himself sideways, but to no avail. He stilled himself and thought for a moment. He had got through on the outward leg with barely a scrape. It must only be a matter of millimetres, maybe a cleft in the rock that had caught the air bottle. He tried to wriggle one arm back to unfasten the harness, but only managed to move it from the elbow sufficiently to be able to brush the buckle with the back of his fingers. He tried again with the other arm with the same result. He made another attempt, this time combining the leverage of hands and knees. This time he could move. He propelled himself backwards to examine the obstruction. The water was murky after all his thrashing, and without the glare of the camera light, it was difficult to make out details. The top of the air tank had caught in an oval hole. The shape was too regular to be a geological formation. He felt round it. It was ribbed. Oh, dear Lord, it was a rib cage. Johannes had made it after all. His fingers moved swiftly to unbuckle the air bottle. He looked anxiously at the dial, nearly empty. The time and effort involved in freeing himself had used up more than he could spare. No need to panic. He had trained for this. No problem at all. Holding the air bottle ahead of him, he moved once more into the narrowness. He slipped through easily and swam on through the tunnel towards the pool. He was almost there. One second he was breathing normally, the next there was nothing left to breathe. He spat out the mouthpiece, dropped the bottle and kicked hard, hauling on the cord to increase his speed. He was convinced he was going to make it. Already he could see the press conferences, the lecture halls. The audience applauded. A willowy girl with dark hair rose to ask a question. Mr Holroyd, what does the microbe jelly you describe feed on? The answer came from deep inside his head. Speleobiologists. <laughs>